do you want your life to be easy? Do you want your life to be about you only? Do you want just to kind of be who you are and not be challenged? Then stay single. But if you want your life to be better, if you want your life to have more meaning, to be richer, to be fuller, to be about truly giving for somebody else, giving to somebody else, putting other people first, then get married. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. This show is for the creative soul who desires to stand out among the masses, but they're running into the resistance that everyone faces. On this podcast, I'm blessed to interview and discuss how high achievers have starved the doubts, moved into self-confidence, and are making their dreams, their ventures, and their passion a reality. You can do it too. My guest today is James Raffinod from TheMarriageShow.com. I'm a big fan of James, and I'm a big fan of marriage as well. Let's kick off with the interview and do a wrap-up at the end. And we're fortunate today to have James Raffinon. He is a fan of marriage. He's the host of The Marriage Show. You can find him on themarriageshow.com. He has the same birthday as Brad Pitt, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Steven Spielberg. And he does best of street interviews from The Marriage Show, and that features Jim Carrey, Tom Arnold, and Ron Perlman, so on and so forth. James, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. I'm a fan of themarriageshow.com, and I hope everybody will check that out. What is the best concert that you have ever been to? Well, that's pretty easy. I don't go to many concerts. I have to be Gore. I'm a huge Gore fan. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I went to a Bruce Springsteen concert once by myself. All my traveling and big things tend to be by myself. I don't know what that says about me, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I went to a Bruce Springsteen concert and I had scalped a ticket and I got there about 15 minutes late, but it was amazing. You know, it was a, maybe five or six years ago and when uh, everybody was still alive, you know, the saxophone player passed away and everything mm. recently, but, but it was amazing. Yeah, it, it was amazing. I don't always agree with him politically, but I sure like that guy. So you were like a boss as you watched the boss. You were there by yourself. Uh, yes, I guess that's if, okay. if only having one employee makes you the boss, then yes. <laughs> yes, I was there by myself, and I was the boss, and also I was the assistant at the same time. So Where was that concert? It was at TD Waterhouse, which is the old Orlando Arena in Orlando, Florida. One place everyone should go is Graceland. Uh, it, is, it, is, <laughs> it is it is the best place to go uh, for a honeymoon or anniversary trip. So you'll feel very, very close to the Lord if you go to one of his favorite people's house, which is Elvis. What is your favorite Elvis song? Uh, my favorite Elvis song is Kentucky Rain. See, the thing is, most people who don't know Elvis don't even know his songs, but Kentucky that's Rain. my favorite. It's from the late 60s. Cool. Yeah. So you're an Elvis fan. Yeah, he's okay. I remember I went to the marriage show one time, and you had an Elvis impersonator on the show. Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, that was um, more for me, and the audience had a very, like, I'm very confused type look on their face. You know, it, it, And the church staff that time was like, what was that all about? And I was like, just being awesome, and they just <laughs> let it go. So, 
there. Yeah, I don't recall it having any relevance to anything else that you but, did. <laughs> so random and out there, but I loved it. Well, it was April Fool's. Um, it was April 1st when we did that show, so I decided to really mix that one up, and we did a lot of things we don't normally do. So, The best way to stay out of trouble is... Stay home. Stay home. Yep, stay home. Or at least uh, be be authentic. Be honest before you, you're going to do anything, and then that way... Especially if you're married, your wife would be like, what are you, an idiot? And then you'd be like, yes, and then you won't do it. So either stay home or be honest. Or maybe do both. Beach versus mountains. And is there a third option? <laughs> somewhere, somewhere with air conditioning. Uh, air, how is air conditioning? Probably beach. My wife and my family like the beach. You know, I, I enjoy the noise at the beach. So, Rabbit versus turtle speed. Uh, I think quicker is better. You know, I'd rather have it be uh, a rabbit speed and be be done with it, even if it's not quite as pristine or precise of uh, cutting as it should be. I feel very strongly about that. <laughs> I've never been asked that before, actually. But uh, I I've never asked anyone that, so that's a, a first for both. <laughs> Good. Another question I'm sure is on everyone's mind is coffee versus tea. Coffee. I like tea because I feel more English, which is more you know intelligent. I like coffee, just black coffee. Do you have a favorite cup of tea? Earl Grey, but that's because John Luc Picard would order that. But that's not because it's my favorite. <laughs> Great it's reference. A friend of mine from France. Manual versus automatic. Manual. Most of my cars have been manual transmission, so I'm a big fan of that. I don't like the car to drive me. I want to drive the car. That type of thing. So, I have control issues. Thanks for bringing it up, Jared. I appreciate. No, it. I, I have the same control <laughs> issues and. Then I got married because we want to be good husbands to our wives. My wife was not comfortable with a manual. Oh, okay. And I made the switch, and, and I have regretted it for a long yeah. time. <laughs> this next question is very appropriate, so let's just ask it. Boxers versus briefs? Both. Both. Okay. Uh, not boxer briefs, but just both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> boxer briefs would have been an acceptable answer as well. <laughs> I like to layer up, so both. <laughs> Especially or I just let I let you know surprise me you choose that's everything. <laughs> Let's talk social media, Facebook versus Twitter. Twitter. I'm not a big Facebook guy just because I think my kids are great I and mean, I think your kids are great, but it doesn't mean I need to see them all the time and I won't really appreciate them as much as you do. So whereas Twitter isn't as much about like here's a picture of me barbecuing, Twitter is more uh, topical and clever. So I tend to like Twitter better. Now I know you do have family, you do have children. And this is for younger children. Which show do you prefer, Dora versus Yo Gabba Gabba? Oh, man. Dora is good. Good to learn another language, so, you know, expand your horizon. So I like Dora just fine. Yo Gabba Gabba is sort of like an acid trip or something. <laughs> uh, so you know, it depends on what you it, – it's not like one is better than the other. It's which way do you want to go as a parent? Right. Do you want them to be like, you know, 60s, like try drugs and Yo Gabba Gabba? Do you want them to be like learning new languages, trying new things, and more intelligent person than you go Dora? So it's really up to you. You know, if you want to be cultured and travel and those types of things, you know. So. Or if you like music, I think Yogaba has some pretty good music. Oh, uh, do they? You know, yeah. I usually turn the volume down when I watch that. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think about my childhood and teenage years and stuff. I feel like I need to defend myself now. I watched an episode with my two-year-old daughter, and it had Jack Black in it. Oh, I've seen that before, yeah. And to me, that was so hilarious that that allowed me to give myself permission to, to watch that with her. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a funny guy, and he's talented across the board, Jack Black. So, so yeah, okay, we'll go that way. <laughs> have you ever met him? No, I've not met Jack Black. 
And lastly, action versus drama. Probably drama, but I do like the Expendables and whatnot, you know. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, that's all action all the time in the both one and two, which is the same film. So I'd say probably generally drama, but I do like the action as well. Have you and your wife watched Downton Abbey? She watches it, and then she's like, well, you know, um, this person's husband watches Downton Abbey with them, and I'm like, yeah, you know, he doesn't like it. Um, he just watches it because he wants to, you know, get in there better and feel like, you know, she'll be like, oh, he's great, he's great, I should have sex with him more often. <laughs> so I, I kind of, like, threw him under the bus. Uh, so, no, I don't watch it um, because I'm a man. But... That's not an indictment on men who watch it because again, I said I like dramas and I like English people. Uh, I just uh, and Earl Grey. There's no coming back from those comments, so <laughs> I'm just gonna let those sit up. Let's segue into some more important questions. I mentioned a little bit at the beginning that you're the host of the Marriage Show, and I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about yourself and the Marriage Show. Sure, I'll give you a nutshell version of it, absolutely. The Marriage Show is a late-night talk show format that we do live at churches in different communities designed to make marriages stronger. It's designed to complement what the church or what the community is already doing for marriage, and it's a talk show like Letterman or Leno or that type of thing, but with a purpose, with a theme, and that theme is always marriage. And we cover a variety of topics. We bring in guests live on stage with me, and I'll interview them, maybe multiple couples, pastors, counselors, just normal couples. Because I believe if you've been married for more than 10 minutes, you have some type of story to share that can help other married couples. So we, we're just trying to showcase marriage, and we really try to be positive about marriage because I believe it's a very positive institution. And that's not because of our design. It's because it was created uh, beyond man. It was tr- created by God. It's his idea. And because of that, it's supposed to be challenging, but it's supposed to make us better. And it really is the highest capacity for joy out of any relationship that we have. So it's an amazing thing. And, uh, you know, that's what we do at the show. What inspired you to start the marriage show and how'd you get that started? It started as a quarterly event out of the church I used to work at. And then we launched into a full nonprofit and we've taken it all over the state and a little beyond the state. My whole motivation for starting it was my parents got divorced when I was 13 and that has changed every day of my life ever since. And that's where my passion for marriage came from. It, it's, you know, when, when people go into like a serious direction occupationally or as a volunteer or however, um, it usually comes from either two things. One, a place of pain. They've seen it done so poorly and they want it done better or they've seen it done really well and have a great example and they want to emulate that and they want other people to have that. Well, I came from the other one, the place of pain. And I saw some pretty bad stuff when my parents got divorced. Throughout that time, that really was my foundation for for what I do now. Like, that's what I use now. Like, I don't want people to quit their marriage. I don't want people to treat their spouse poorly all the time and just think that's how marriage is supposed to be. I, I want people to stand up. When they stand up at the altar and they say, for better or worse, to death do us part, and they go over the vows, I want them to keep those vows and to treat each other well. So that's my motivation for it. At what point when you were doing those quarterly shows, did you have that aha moment that, hey, you know, maybe this could be something beyond uh, just a quarterly thing that I'm doing with this current job. I think 
it was a series of conversations, unsolicited conversations, where people just walked up to me and they'd begin talking to me about, like, oh, the show's great, I've never seen anything like this. And to me, <clears throat> you know, that isn't about me, because growing up in the church, the churches that I did, we did a lot of late show things on stage and, like, Saturday Night Live type things in the youth groups growing up. So I had seen this stuff before. All we did was make it about marriage now that we were all adults. So, you know, for them coming up to me, people who are grown up in church or have been um, credible from other churches or in, in other communities, had been in and visited the show, were like, I've never seen anything like this. You know, can you bring it to our church? And I was like, well, no, I work at this church. You know, after so many of those conversations, it just began to make sense, and I began to feel prompting, like, man, this is really what we should be doing because it is meeting a need. You know, churches are really great, and and, and people are – there's so many great resources out there that help people go deep that I'm a huge fan of, that we want to push people to, like counseling or certain resources or marriage retreats or classes. Those things are huge to help people go deep. But the problem is most people aren't willing to take that first step towards those or they're not even aware of them or certain like resources or curriculums or things like that. So what we try to do with the show is promote those things really heavy, like, hey, go to counseling. And we're, we're honest about it. Like I've gone, been going to counseling, gosh, for 11 years. And my, my wife doesn't always go with me, but I just think it's really important to always be chipping away at yourself and trying to get better. So, you know, I talk about it from the stage all the time, like go to counseling. I'm screwed up. I need help. You know, some of the biggest success stories for us are when people come up to us and they're saying, which happens more often than you would think, you know, say they'll say a wife will come up to me or a husband and be like, a wife will be like, my husband won't go to anything with marriage in the title. He won't read a marriage book. He won't go to a retreat, a class, anything, but he'll go to your show. And since you're talking about counseling on stage, now we're going to counseling for the first time in 15 years of marriage. And that's why we do what we do, because it's uh, we're able to appeal to certain people that other marriage resources don't. And we're able to push those, push those people towards other marriage resources that are great. You do a lot of interviews in the marriage show. Do you have any favorite interviews and why? I do have some favorite interviews. You mean on stage or some of the men on the streets? Uh, let, let's do on stage and then we'll talk about the streets. On stage, I, we've done so many funny interviews. You know, the senior pastor and their wife um, is it's kind of what we do if it's our first time at a church, just cause in case you're not familiar with our format and the marriage show and the church announces it and they're like, what's that? Um, they say, oh, senior pastor and his wife are going to be in the show, and that helps the attendance. But sure, um, you know what's what's most fun? Well, for me is do is interviewing the wife of the senior pastor while the senior pastor is on stage because that's sort of a different concept. You won't find many opportunities in a church where both the couple will be both on stage and they won't have to tell a story and run it through like Hebrews eight. You know, like they're not like this is an illustration. This time we went away. Like that reminds me of this passage that we're talking about today. They just get up and tell their story, and that's really fun, and I'm able to, you know, joke with them and have a good time, and, and the congregation gets to see, like, that they're just another person, and they're just another married couple. They have the same struggles, same joys and pains, and they get to get up and be like, when we were dating, he was an idiot. Ah. So that's really fun for me <laughs> to make to put them in their place. No, it just gets fun for me because the congregation enjoys it. My favorite onstage interview was, though, I'm a huge fan of Dr. Steve Brown from Key Life. Have you ever heard of him? Yes. Yeah, he's on the radio nationally, and he's a friend of mine. I met him through doing a show, and he's has this tremendously deep voice, and he just thinks exactly like I do, and I'm a huge Steve Brown fan. So if you're looking for a book to read, go read his book, Three Free Sins. I always recommend it, so that's a tremendous book. 
Three free sins. Yeah, you only get three. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah the title begs more, but it's a tremendous book. So. <laughs> Good deal. And you mentioned the street interviews. Yeah, the street interview is my favorite person interview is a guy I've met multiple times. It's John Schneider from Dukes of Hazard. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I've got to interview through some media connections like Jim Carrey and Jenny McCarthy when they were together and the Ron Perlman's of the world. And, the, and Ron Perlman was really great, but John Schneider's my favorite. Um, part of it is he's pretty smart and he just has such great answers. Like when I ask him, like, give me some tips about this. And, and he always makes some kind of car analogy. Like he's like, it's like rust on a bumper or something, you know, because he's a car guy. <laughs> but he was also, it, part of it's personal too, because my favorite show before it ended for 10 years was Smallville. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I have excellent taste, and he was the dad on Smallville, so I find myself about two seconds away from being like, "Will you be my dad?" Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's always fun for him too. But but he's a great guy. So. James, if you would make the case for marriage, what are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? Why bother getting married? That is a good question. This is the advice I give people pre-marriage. You have to really look at, like, do you want your life to be easy? Do you want your life to be about you only? Do you want just to kind of be who you are and not be challenged? Then stay single. But if you want your life to be better, if you want your life to have more meaning, to be richer, to be fuller, to be about truly giving for somebody else, giving to somebody else, putting other people first, then get married. That's God's design. Like, it's not to make you happy. Like if you want to, if you want to be happy, you know that's why God made alcohol. But if you want to be holy, then you get married, and that's what I think is one of the big problems in marriage. It's the expectations. Like, why did you get married? Well, I want to be happy. Well, that's not God's design for marriage. Like He wants you to be happy. He wants marriage to make you happy. That, but that's not why you're married. You're married to be better. You're married to be holy. You're married to learn to serve somebody else and put somebody else first. And that's the advantage. It makes you better. And there's a joy that can only be experienced in that intimate relationship, you know. And, and, and it's really the time to experience most is when you're in it for years and years and years and years. And that's why when people quit, I get sad because it's when you push through those hard things, those challenging moments in your marriage that you come on the other end and you get really, you get really intimate and you experience the true joy that, that marriage can bring you. So plus it's a, you know, Simple advantage, like it's much better for kids if you're going to have kids get married because that's uh, more stable for them. Some people seem to, I I just feel like that's worth mentioning because some people are like, well, we haven't kids. We don't even need to get married. No, you probably should. Like it's, uh, it's better for the kids and that's, that's what they want and and it's healthier for them and healthier for the relationship. So James Dobson wrote a book, What Wives Wish That Husbands Knew About Women. What do women need to know about men? Women need to know that men are more simple than they are. The thing that's in front of us now is the only thing in the world that really matters to us at that moment. Whereas women, uh, everything is related. You've heard this before, you know, the men are waffles, women are spaghetti type thing. And it's just true. Like, we're completely caught up in the moment that we're in. We're fully focused on the thing we're able to do. And that's a strength and a weakness. That's the way we're designed, to fully focus on something. That's why we can be at work and then something's going on at home, but we can still focus on work. Whereas a woman is still thinking about that when she's at work. There's something going on in the home or something that happened that morning. And I think women also need to know how 
visual men are. Like if you're married and, and you like, when it comes to sex, like you try to hide your body or discourage him from looking, like that's going against who he is. And that's an issue you guys really need to work out. I run into that more than uh, you would think in married couples talking about that. Like, oh, he's always trying to look at me, you know. And one of the differences between men and women is when you take the shower, for instance, when somebody's getting out of the shower. If your spouse is in the bathroom with you when another one's getting out of the shower, if it's your wife getting out of the shower, she'll be like, hey, can you hand me a towel? And it's all of a sudden the men are like, the hardest thing they can do is find a towel. They'll search all over the earth and they're like, there are no towels. Whereas a woman, like when you get out, you'll stand there and be like, I don't need a towel. And she's like, cover up. You know, she has the exact opposite reaction. That's because we're just so very different when it comes to being visual first and just the way we approach things, you know. So I just think that it's helpful. I mean, I could give you a hundred things that women should know about men, but that's just two. <laughs> well, thank and you likewise, I could do the same the other way around. So. <laughs> what is the best marriage advice that you've received? And then what's the worst marriage advice you've received? I think the best marriage advice I've received is that any statement that you're making to your spouse, almost any statement that starts with the sentence starts with the word I, is probably not a helpful statement for the most part. Not that you can't get your feelings out, not that you shouldn't, but if you say, I'm this, I'm that, you, and, and even you statements, like they're just not helpful. I think you need to find better ways to communicate and say, when this happens, and here, you know, here's what, what I was feeling, instead of being like, I can't stand you, or are you driving me nuts, or you cause this, or you cause that. I think that's really helpful for marriage, and that's not talked about enough. People accusing each other of things and attacking, because the, those I statements and those you statements tend to be very selfish, and that's the biggest enemy of marriage, is selfishness. From our culture, just saying that marriage is about happy, it's, it's, it's get married, it's, it's for you, and find someone who supports you, which is completely not the purpose of marriage. And everything is very, very selfish. And that's what makes marriage so hard. When you get married, you have two people who are completely used to living life for themselves. And now they have to live for another person and put that person first if they want the relationship to work. And that is so very challenging. So I think that has to be kept at the forefront, like not being selfish, not saying I statements as often, and especially not in a derogatory way. I think that's really helpful. I have a few questions that I, I reached out to some people that are friends and some listeners of this podcast, and I wanted to get some questions from them, and I had a few good ones, and we got a little bit of time. So do you have any suggestions on how to communicate appreciation and respect to your spouse? Yes. Oh, do you want them? Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Uh, I think I'm a big fan of getting to know your spouse, meaning like the five love languages books and those types of things. So you can understand how they're wired and get some outside help with that. Unless that's something you're naturally uh, is a natural inclination for you that you just figure out like what works with them. But I would say a couple things. One is it has to be done on a, in a consistent way. Like it has to be done daily. You know, you have to say, Hey, you're great. Or this, I appreciate this about you. I'm mean, actually say the words as well as send text, emails, you know, write, use lipstick on the mirror if, if that's what you want to do. I think you have to constantly just encouraging who they are. Now, it doesn't have to be false praise. Like, if they're not that tall and you're like, hey, it's great that you're so tall, that's not helpful. You know, that doesn't show any appreciation. 
but just real things that you appreciate about them. And and, and that, that goes a long way. You know, out in the world, we run into so many people that are trying to tear us down and put themselves over us. That doesn't need to happen in in your home. So go out of your way to show that you appreciate one another and respect one another. It, and it goes even further than doing it in private. It's to speak really well of them in front of other people, even when they're not around. Yeah. Like, just build them up. And that will set you apart. I can't tell you how many times I've said something nice about my spouse um, when she wasn't there. And the person just stopped and like, I've never heard anybody talk about their spouse that way before. Or I just don't hear it very often. Your marriage is a ministry. And, and I know this isn't what you're asking, but your marriage is like the greatest ministry you'll ever be a part of. And even more than the church or more than a, any nonprofit or anything like that. Like, it starts with you and your spouse and you ministering to them and them ministering to you. So, and all that means is serving. That just means serving one another. So, if you can take that respect and then appreciate out into the world, that will, that's innovative. That's huge. People will notice that. So, do that. I'm a big fan of that. How important is couple time when you have children? Couple time. That's Christian dirty talk. I like that. <laughs> um, it's huge. Absolutely huge. And I'm not just talking about the intercourse. I'm talking about what the problem with a lot of families is that, they put the kids over the parents. They make the children the priority in the household. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. Um, that's not even what's best for those children long term. Like we think it's best for them. But, oh, they have feelings and they're more important than my husband or they're more important than my wife. They're not. You, the most important person in your life is your spouse. And it's so powerful and, and creates such a amazing sense of security in your children if you go, you know what? mom's home or you know what dad's home and we're going to take this half hour 15 minutes to sit on the couch and we're going to talk and you guys need to go to your rooms that shows that the priority in the house is this relationship and that's how you make the family stronger you don't make it stronger by just becoming better parents first and foremost you make it stronger by becoming a better husband and a better wife so i mean it's, it's the most important time that you have like and it speaks volumes to your children how do I give my spouse the time he, she needs daily when our children are all too young, infant age, toddler age, to care for themselves? That one's tough. You know, one of the fun things about being married for a long time is you experience all those different seasons. And, you know, even it's just so dim different spending time together and communicating in the empty nest versus teenagers versus little ones. I think you've got to be really fully attentive during that time to their schedule to your wife's schedule, your husband's schedule, the kid's schedule, all the family members. And you need to do everything you can to lighten the one who maybe is tired, like meaning do more for them or help more with the baby or give them time to themselves so they can recharge. And then you can have that couple time. You know, I think it, it and all these, there's not any hard and fast rules on this stuff. It's just about being intentional and serving and being sensitive to what the other person is going through. Another great piece of advice that a counselor gave me one time, I told you I've been in a lot of counseling, is to ask your wife in the morning before she goes to work or before you go to work, what do you need from me today? And that's not necessarily like a task-oriented question, although she may give you a task-oriented answer. It's what do you need? Like where are you at? It's sort of like a soul question. And her soul may need you to pick up the kids from school. Her soul may need you to go to the grocery store or, or you know, have lunch with her that day. But 
it's a servant question. It's a serving question that you say, what do you need from me today? And it's, it's really a gut check and a soul check that's so helpful. The more you ask that question, like she's going to catch on that you're not really asking like, what can I do for you task wise? Like you just want to know, what can I do for you emotionally, spiritually as your husband today that nobody else can on this planet? What do you need from me today? The last of the listener questions. Is it okay to have specific chores or should the housework, yard work, child rearing be done equally by both? That's not something that I found is helpful to have a hard, fast rule on. You know, I think it has to do with like how busy you are at your job. Just a matter of like how many hours do you have at home compared to your spouse? Like right now my wife is getting her um, PhD, so she's not home as much a couple nights of the week. And, you know, I have no problem doing everything that needs to be done, cooking, cleaning, laundry, like that night, like we're not going to team up on anything. So I think it's really a season of life type thing. Like if you're a stay-at-home mom and and you have all day, then you should be doing things all day. But if you're both working or if you just hate doing the dishes and, and she loves mowing the lawn, like there's neither one of those are more uh, masculine or feminine than the other one just because there's been traditional roles with that thing. It's not... By design, like dishes are not a feminine thing. There's nothing, <laughs> unless they all happen to be pink and smell like roses, then you'd be like, well, maybe the women's just. I think it really comes down to seasonal life and what's going to be most helpful for your home. And if you go in again, I can't mention enough, with that you first attitude, and then you say, what do you need from me? Man, it'd be so helpful if you would do the dishes every single day and I wouldn't have to do them. All right, tell me more because that sounds really sucky. All right, so, <laughs> you know, but have an honest conversation and go in there and be like, all right, I'll do that. I will do that. And I think if this is like a huge issue for you, either A, somebody's being lazy or B, somebody's being selfish, mm. you know, because if you guys are in this together and you just want what's best for each other, then this is an issue you can you can work out. Absolutely. And you're just like, man, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work harder than they do today. If you go with that attitude, then dividing up chores is not going to be a big deal. Sure. I feel like you just described my dishes, by the way. They're all pink. <laughs> <laughs> smell of roses. Oh, well, that, yeah, that's nice. And maybe you should. But do you want to smell like roses, too, Jared? I know that you do. So maybe. I, I do. And, and, James, at some point, you're going to have to come over for dinner and enjoy those. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good deal. You know, James, I could talk to you often. I could ask you a lot more questions about this stuff. There's good information that you've already given us. But I do want to wrap this up. What's the best place for people to find you and, and find the marriage show online? To find me is using my house, but <laughs> to find me online is themarriageshow.com. Absolutely. Go to that website. We'll be kind of rolling out some new things in 2013. It should be a big year for us. We're going to be launching some very big ideas that have the capacity to reach people in a way that we haven't before that complement the live shows. So I'd say stay connected to that because we're going to be going through a lot of changes in 2013. And if you want to find out more about bringing the show to your church, if you're involved in a local church, that's kind of our bread and butter right now. And it will be moving forward, most likely. You can contact us through the website or email me at info at com, And that'll go to our, some of our people and uh, they'll get you connected. Good deal. And you also mentioned that you're on Twitter. I am. Raffinod is my last name. I'm French. And, you know, if that makes you upset with me, then don't follow. But, <laughs> yeah, it's just Raffinod. That's my screen name on Twitter, my handle. R-A-F-F-E-N-A-U-D. Yes, no one's going to remember that, but fair enough. <laughs> well, <I just laughs> yeah, put it we're in all show related. Everybody with that last name on the planet is related. So. Good deal. Well, James, I'm definitely a fan of The Marriage Show, and I really enjoyed having you on the show today. Thank you for taking time to do that. 
All right, thanks, Jared. I appreciate it. Did you enjoy the interview with James Raffinod? Would you be a gentleman or a lady and send James a thank you tweet for being on the show? You can find James on Twitter at Raffinod, R-A-F-F-E-N-A-U-D. Again, at Raffinod, R-A-F-F-E-N-A-U-D. Okay, my parody is not the best, but please consider doing a search for Star of the Doubts in iTunes. Remember to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review. Thank you for the consideration. I love you as well as Jesus and America too. Michael Good is starving the doubts. He helps his readers to escape normal, regain their fizz, and recreate the way that they can make a living. His website is rise365.com, rise 365 Dot com. Okay, stop what you're doing right now. Open up your email. Type Graceland in the subject line and send a blank email to jaredeasley at gmail.com. I always enjoy seeing who has made it to this part of the show. Your email is greatly appreciated. In the meantime, always treat others the way that they want to be treated. Always do your best and remember to starve the doubts. Mm-hmm.